Episode 15 of Tatami Room, The Office Experience. I'm your host, Martin. Um, let's get started. Uh, I hope y'all had a good week this week. Um, things have been uh, challenging on my end, but we're working through it. So this week, I wanted to talk about kind of what the Japanese office experience is like, what a Japanese like office salaryman position looks like. Um, and so my kind of insight into this is that while I am a teacher and so I spend a, a bit of time, quite a bit of time at school, I'm also, uh, I start and end my day at the city hall, which is, uh, a, a proper, uh, work environment, um, I would say. So I do have a little purview into, uh, this Japanese work culture as well. So I'm going to share kind of, uh, my thoughts on it. Um, uh, my thoughts about my <laughs> quasi-salaryman experience. The stoic quote for this week is, while we wait for life, life passes. And this one's also by Seneca. Um, I do want to correct one thing. Uh, last episode, I think I said that, um, so one of the tobus uh, for plane, I believe, I said that the uh, the way that you... Um, say it, uh, or the part of plane that it is, is the coal, but if I'm correct, it is the heat. So when hikoki is plane, the heat part is uh, what corresponds to the tobu. This is from last week's uh, word of the week, just wanted to kind of uh, correct that. That being said, let's uh, jump right into the daily life section. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get started with the daily life section. So I want to preface this by saying that working here in Japan as a teacher, as an ALT, is my first, quote, job job, my first full-time position. And so that kind of may taint my experience while I'm talking about kind of work culture here in Japan. Um, some things that maybe I think are strict may just be kind of regular work norms. Um, you know, I got to get used to this transition from... Um, college where you know you can saunter into a lecture you know whenever you want to or talk to your professor get an extension whenever you want um, if the professor is nice uh, but you know it's the real world out here so <laughs> maybe that's that's just on me but let's get started the first thing that I want to talk about is how the Japanese workplace is very prim and proper it's all about manners and appearance, and this appearance is generalizable to everywhere as well as work. So, for example, cleaning uh, the school. Uh, kids clean the school on most days. It's a 15-minute cleaning period. I'm a fan of it. I, I think it's great. You know, it keeps the school a little bit cleaner, and it promotes a sense of community and you know ownership of, like, this is our school. But what it does not do is deep clean the school. Right. And so I think a lot of the, the cleaning is like, oh, well, you know, we did the cleaning and the school's clean now. It's like, dude, you're not going to have a miracle happen in 15 minutes of cleaning a day. Right. The school's big. There's a lot of dust and whatnot. And so 
while it, it kind of keeps things in check, cleaning for a little bit every day, it I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say that the school is now, you know, sparkling clean after that. Um, but yeah, so it's, everything's all about appearance. And a, an example that is more related to work uh, is people, you know, they'll show up, you know, very early or they'll stay late. Uh, for work it's like oh well they're working so hard and so one time I asked my supervisor I was like or I didn't really ask him I just kind of commented like wow like this guy at the office so and so you know they're hardest worker whenever uh, I come in like they're always there they're always there after I leave they're they have they sometimes come in on the weekends like just you know hats off to them like they're they must be the hardest workers out there and he just kind of laughed and responded with well yeah but they take a long time doing things and I think that's one thing that you can do is like oh you want to show everyone how you know you're the hardest worker and whatnot but you know nobody can do like a an inhuman amount of work right you 10 hours doing 10 hours 12 hours you know just turn into a zombie right um and but a way that you can kind of uh bypass that and still show like oh you're going above and beyond is you know do a very menial task um and just basically stay on it for a while no one's gonna you know be looking at your computer screen to see if you've typed and retyped the same email like 15 times over it's like no you're at your desk you're typing away um i don't know if things do get that extreme where you know you're just writing and deleting this email over and over again one of my friends did say that <laughs> they actually saw one of their coworkers doing this once uh, personally i haven't seen it at my office yet but i honestly don't think it's uh, that far from the truth um, keeping with, you know, uh, prim and proper, I also want to talk about the attire. So for teachers, it's a little bit different. Um, when I, the teachers I work with, you know, I've seen them wear shorts and athletic wear. Shorts, not so much, but, you know, kind of like joggers or sweats. Um, athletic wear is definitely okay. And one time I was inspired by this, and then I was sort of reminded of my precarious position between a salaryman and a teacher. So my supervisor kind of pulled me to the side. Um, I'm wearing a long sleeve t-shirt um, and uh, some sweatpants, kind of athletic wear. Um, and he's like, hey, so, uh, you know, other teachers uh, do do wear this but you know you uh, you come into the office you start and end at the office every day so gonna need to have you go home and change which <laughs> that was sort of a pretty embarrassing experience for me because i'm like i mean i didn't know i i saw what the other teachers were wearing and i was like well this is okay and also based off of the sort of description from my predecessors that i had received i was like mm, i think i think this is fine like this is a little bit more athletic than usual but it should be okay Anyway, you know, appearance is uh, very important, especially at the office. You're going to be seeing a lots, you're going to be seeing lots of suits and ties. So when I was younger, right, my, my father, uh, well, he still works in tech, but um, he works in tech uh, on the West Coast. Uh, I think West Coast is more renowned for having a sort of more laid back, you know, tech vibe to it. And so my my father never went into work in like a tank top and whatnot but his work attire was definitely more relaxed than like you know 
Wall Street full business suit and whatnot. And so I, I grew up around that, and not just from my father, but uh, people on the West Coast. Um, like I feel like the the work attire, um, maybe I mean, I've just been around too many tech people. It's not very not not very uptight. Um, is, is what I'm trying to get at. So that is definitely kind of not the same uh, in Japan. It's a lot more uptight. Um, there are some people at the office who have to kind of get up and move around, go visit certain places in the city, and so they're allowed a sort of a more lax dress code. But you know, people, office workers, I see, you're going to be wearing a full button-up collared shirt. Uh, and you should make sure that you know that shirt is tucked in or else uh, I've seen sometimes once or twice shirts not tucked in but like 99% of the time you know it's tucked in wearing jeans and slacks um, yeah prim and proper next kind of section I want to talk about is time now this might be a workplace thing um, and obviously you don't want to be late even in the US but here everything must be on time if not earlier. If you listened to last week's episode, I had talked about uh, me getting in a little bit of uh, trouble for uh, coming down four minutes uh, early uh, from my hotel room instead of five minutes early. Um, I think that had more to do with my supervisor uh, having to wait a bit for me. To be fair, I was eating breakfast and we had agreed on eight and I still came down at 7.56. But that just, you know, shows the point that time is of the essence and if you're not there uh five minutes before <laughs> you're late you know uh on time is five minutes five minutes before um yeah and i think maybe that's just me having to adjust to you know workplace life again like i mentioned lectures you could just kind of walk in whenever but i think in Japan, they do tend to be more strict about it than, you know, even they would be in an American workplace. Um, you know, there's times that I've had to catch the ferry. And the last ferry leaves around like 4.30, which is right about when my work ends. But you need to be there like 15, 30 minutes before. And so I one time I asked my supervisor, I'm like, hey, is it possible for me to just, you know, catch this ferry? It's at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, there's typically not much work for me to to be done. Um, all my lectures, not lectures, I'm not a professor, all my classes get done um, by that point. So usually it's just, I'm either studying Japanese or doing prep for another lesson. Um, there's not much, it's almost, you could even call it garbage time. Um, but I was like, hey, uh, maybe I'll, I'll come in like, 30 minutes early or leave 15 minutes later one day uh, can we do a little deal here but no I had to I had to use one seventh of a paid day off so I had to use my Nenkyu which you know I get it it's fair it's like you can't um, you can't be skipping out on work and whatnot but at the same time I don't understand why we couldn't just like hey you know this time I'll go 30 minutes early next time I'll stay 30 minutes later I'm still doing the, st the same work and I'm not really like disrupting the flow or whatnot but yeah so time time is of the essence over here next i wanted to talk about the system so this is kind of a little bit an, of an abstract section but uh what i wanted to convey was that there is a sort of procedure in in place for everything and what i mean is that there's kind of a handbook a manual system for everything and i mean everything 
even ALTs, and these procedures kind of must be followed, right? It's a little weird for me to think that, you know, I'm a, a person and whatnot, living, breathing thing, uh, and I have a sort of user manual, right? And, you know, every job has like a job description and what you're supposed to be doing, but I think for ALTs, there's even like a specific, like how do you handle an ALT? Uh, which <laughs> maybe it's a little bit weirder to say it um, than it actually is. But um, yeah, again, kind of illustrates that uh, lots of manuals, lots of procedures. And, you know, this goes uh, without mentioning that, uh, or this just, again, further, or another point I'm trying to make is that because there's this system, is there's going to be a lot of paperwork. I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that, um, Japan hasn't, at least in the workplace, adapted to um, cloud technology and file sharing and whatnot, Google Drive, um, and so there's still a lot of paper. And because there's these procedures and you know every step must be kind of followed, hoops have to be jumped through, you know, that's going to leave a massive paper trail. And so, yeah, like I said, my office still looks like an episode um, or the set of the office at times, lots of kind of documents, binders, just lying around everywhere. <clears throat> One second. What I also wanted to mention was that, you know, within this system, um, or the systems that are in place, there's a chain of command, right? And so usually if I have to ask for something, if I want to request something, that's going to go up the chain of command. For example, if I want to request paid time off, I'm going to first talk to my supervisor, take out my little booklet, write in my booklet when, you know, how much, etc. Stamp that, give it to the section chief, um, the Kakari tool. He's going to look over it. He's going to use his ink on the little stamp. Pom pom, boom. He's going to hand it over then to the Kacho. So um, that's the head head chief. Um, and then he's going to, uh, you know, boom, boom, boom. And that's how, you know, it's very like step by step by step. And, you know, that's just for asking or requesting a paid, you know, time off. Um, not submitting a form, not just, you know, being like, hey, I'm going to be gone these days. Uh, or, hey, I need to take out like PTO for these days. You know, very, you know, procedural. Um, well, this process for me, or these processes, some of them I found like pretty frustrating. Like, ah, this is so much slower. Or I have a better idea. Why don't we do this this way? Um, they, these processes may seem slow or tedious, but they work and they have been working um, in Japan. Uh, so it's kind of like two sides where, you know, these, you know, processes, these these procedures have been in place for a long time. Japan loves to adhere to these to these procedures. Um, and so they haven't changed, which is, you know, good in the sense that, you know, people know them, uh, they've worked, they've been working, but at the same time, there's definitely some that could use some revision. Um, there could be a little bit more, uh, revision, uh, for some of them. So, yeah. I want to conclude, uh, the daily life section with some interesting facts about, uh, the workplace. Uh, first, let's say that uh, 
Uh, first, I want to say that there's no sick days, uh, not really, uh, in Japan, uh, in the office. So as an ALT, I have access to sick days, but otherwise, if you know, in another job, you have to use your paid time off <laughs> for a sick day, which is kind of interesting to me. I will actually have to use paid time off for a doctor's appointment that I have coming up, um, just because uh, that's it's an appointment. Um, and it's not like, uh, oh, I got sick and I, I'm so sick I can't come into work, which, you know, contrast that. I feel like uh, in Seattle, you know, you call you call in and to your boss, like, hey, I got, I got a doctor's appointment, can't make it into work today. I think I'm pretty sure that that's, that's uh, you don't have to take out vacation days for that. <clears throat> Sometimes... Um, if if you do have um, like paid or not paid but sick days, uh, the company can be quite invasive about it. Um, they can even ask like, "Hey, what was the reason? Like, what illness did you have, and where were you during you know your illness?" Which is a little weird. Um, it can be a little invasive. You know, you're dealing with a certain illness. You don't really necessarily want people to know, um, or at least your bosses to know. Yeah. Uh, the next thing, uh, after not really any sick days, is that the fall guy in Japan is at the top. So, uh, in the U.S., I feel like if there's wrongdoing in the company, you know, the blame gets shifted down, you know, from the CEO. It's like, no, it wasn't the CEO, it was some random, like, section chief that, you know, messed up somewhere down, down the line. Um, I've been following the Sam Bankman-Fried trial a little bit, and he tried to kind of shift blame onto one of his subordinates for the collapse of, you know, the crypto exchange FTX. It didn't really work, uh, but that is kind of the way it is. Versus here in Japan, uh, my impression, which has been confirmed by multiple people I've talked to, is that, you know, if someone kind of, the company messes up, someone in the middle messes up on the bottom, the blame gets shifted upward. So it's not like the the small guy's fault it's the supervisor you know why didn't they do a better job of supervising and uh, this can be kind of seen with my parking violation a couple weeks ago where you know it's not me who got in trouble it's like the blame went up like my supervisor got a phone call and uh, you know potentially people above him got a you know an angry phone call or got you know told off like oh why is the ALT parking here it's like no it's not my fault it's like oh it's the supervisor's fault um, and one interesting thing that I learned is potentially the my supervisor told me off more harshly than you know was maybe appropriate for the parking violation was that um, maybe it cuts into his bonus right um, it shows like oh well he's not taking care of his you know subordinates well so you know no bonus for you and so then it kind of you know makes sense that a little agitated talking to the the newbie like hey why the hell are you you know parking in you know another in the company's parking lot um but but yeah so if uh i think if someone uh messes up on the bottom the blame gets uh shifted up and then you know blame goes up and you'll be hearing a lot of like this like there's no excuse for this um again going back to all the, the whole mannerist point you know um you'll be hearing all the all the profuse apologies and whatnot the other thing i wanted to uh mention or another thing i wanted to mention is that the company is responsible for you again i'm going to use my 
parking violation as an example but it wasn't me that got a ticket it wasn't like my me that was called informed that you know i was you know doing something wrong it was my company and uh like i said it went you know up the chain uh, up the up the system up the chain of command right um and so it's weird for me that i don't have like less personal responsibility and more of like group responsibility or this kind of like you know the company is your daddy kind of vibe um and this isn't just for companies it's weird kind of for schools as well where if someone if a kid gets in trouble right it's not their parents that are called right um it's the school that gets called and it's like hey your student is misbehaving and whatnot which is you know again for me that is <laughs> virtually like i i can't even fathom that but you know it, i guess it makes sense given that for a parking violation it's the company that gets called and I, I assume for you know other violations and whatnot as well it's like it's not my it's not me that would get informed or, or whatever but it's like okay no we're gonna we're gonna talk to his company talk to his bosses and you know inform them that their their employees is messing up um so that's kind of uh interesting this kind of paternal responsibility and uh finally uh, the last interesting thing I want to say, uh, I mentioned, is uh, I just called this uh, cycling, and I, I don't mean bikes, I mean kind of interdepartment cycling. Um, this is the same with teachers. So teachers, every three to five years, they switch to a different school. So that's why you'll have, you know, teachers from Kagoshima City. Uh, a lot of my uh, co-workers, uh, my uh, teachers who I work with are from Kagoshima City, and they'll end up in Nishinomote, which, you know, is not ideal because their families will be living in Kagoshima City. Um, one of the teachers I was talking to, it was a little sad. She was like, oh, I'm so lonely. Uh, my kids are in Kagoshima City, and I, I don't get to see them too often because I'm here on Tanagashima teaching. I think that's kind of interesting that, you know, teachers rotate every five, three to five years. But I think it's the same with uh, office workers as well, at least at the city hall uh, where I'm working. If I'm not mistaken, my supervisor was mentioning that they will be rotating to another department um, next year. Um, I'm not entirely uh, sure, like, where he's going to be placed, or maybe he's just accepting a different role in the department, but I think um, there is this kind of, like, rotation among bosses and, and employees, um, you know, you, you get transferred to different roles and whatnot. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's a little weird, because by the time you start getting good at your job, uh, by the time, for example, my supervisor starts understanding, like, what does an ALT need? How do I really handle an ALT? It's like, okay, new job for you, new responsibilities. Uh, I guess maybe it keeps things fresh and also makes sure that kind of people don't, uh, you know, cling to the same positions and, you know, it's there's new faces around. Um, I don't know. Not, not entirely sure about that, but that's also something that I thought I'd share with y'all. I, I find pretty interesting that, you know, you don't, it's not like you're a, a programmer and you're going to be in the school. It's like, you know, you're an employee of the company and you might get shifted to a different department if, you know, every three to five years. So that's uh, kind of a, an interesting uh, fact. Anyway, let's cut to the outro section. Uh, no current events this week. Um, so, yeah, see you in a bit. 
welcome back. Thank you all for making it this far into the show. Let's finish things off with the word and the stat of the week. The word of the week is chin suru or chin. So suru is just kind of the to do verb that you add to a lot of the end of a lot of words to kind of verbify them, so to speak.、Um, and chin is just kind of the sound that a microwave made when it was done warming food up back in the day. And so the meaning of chinsuru or chinsimas is to warm things up informally. So if you know, you're at the convenience store, you know, the person,、um, if, if you buy a lunch or a bento, they'll be like asking, like, atatamemasu ka? Which is like, should I warm this up for you?、Um, but if you know, you're just talking to a friend, then you can say, like, chinsimasu ka?、Um, I learned this from some of my coworkers.、Uh, I was chatting with some,、um, some teachers、uh, when on, on a Friday and、uh, I, I learned it. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I think in Japanese you'll have quite a few words that are like a sound.、Um, and then you, you can add the suru verb or the to do part. Um, and verbify the sound, which that's what they did with chin. Like, so, chin shite would be like, warm it up、uh, informally. I thought that was kind of funny.、Um, the stat of the week is 500 yen, and that's about the price of a pack of tomatoes, about four tomatoes、um, at my local supermarket.、Uh, it was a little bit, little bit lower、uh, than 500. Um, 487, if I recall correctly. But、uh, the reason I went with 500 is because 500 is typically the price of a bento or a lunch that has rice, meat, and some veggies as well.、Um, that's like those 500 yen bentos, they're, they're a proper meal、um, versus basically the same price for four tomatoes.、Um, I'm not sure why the tomatoes. Are so expensive,、um, or in the sense that is it because I'm on an island or is it just tomatoes are more expensive in Japan in general? But I thought that was、uh, really interesting, really kind of <laughs> unique that、um, tomatoes are, I guess, so expensive、uh, compared to other things.、Um, and one kind of,、uh, I guess,、uh, I'll, I'll share this as well is that it's not just tomatoes, but other fruits. So,、um, some fruits that, are, that can be grown、uh, here on the island locally aren't very expensive. But if you're trying to buy like melons and even apples sometimes, those can get pretty pricey、um, to where like they'll be more than, they'll cost more than the meat. They'll, you know, some of them will get up to fetch about a good like $10 ish, which. You know, first of all, the dollar is quite strong right now. And second, it's like $10、uh, purchasing power,、um, or, you know, 10 to 15, about 1500 yen is that's a, that's a pretty hefty sum. Like to 3000 yen, that's a, a, a very proper meal at that. You're going to Izakaya with 3000 yen.、Um, and, you know, that, if you're buying two good melons, <laughs> that could also be. 3000 sometimes. So, yeah, fruit, fruit, and、uh, certain kind of、uh, vegetables that have to be imported from afar can,、uh, can be quite expensive here. 
any case, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, I apologize if I rambled a little bit. Um, I think I did. It's it's a little late, and uh, it's been well. It's the start of a week, but it's been a long couple of days. <laughs> Please consider subscribing. It would really mean a lot. I will uh, see you all next week. Pera spera ad astra. Peace and love, everyone.